you're listening to the Telltale Channel. Don't forget to check me out on all social media, Patreon, Twitter, Teespring, and Etsy. All links can be found in the description or on my website, telltaleatheist.com. In this podcast, we're going to talk about the absolute clown show Trump is inspired by denying Arizona governor election results, white nationalists and Kanye West's real political interests other than anti-Semitism, how Trump became a messiah. If you want to leave a voicemail, the number is 1-800-701-8573. If you want to send an email instead, the email address is telltalemailbag at gmail.com. Although, FYI, I listen to voicemails a lot more frequently than the email now because somebody signed me up for a bunch of BS services and it has completely flooded my inbox with garbage. So it's really hard to sift through email right now. If you want to get a message to me, the best way is calling in and leaving a voicemail that is under 60 seconds long. You're just about guaranteed to have your message heard if you leave a message that's under 60 seconds long on my voicemail system. Those who make peaceful revolution impossible make violent revolution necessary. Your, your time is up. Arizona elections officials held a public comment and like a Q&A segment recently after the election took place. Now, if you're unaware of what happened in Arizona, in the Arizona elections in 2022, or if this is like five years in the future or something, let me give you a little rundown. Carrie Lake was running for governor as a Republican. She's a Trump sycophant, and she lost. And as a result of losing, she and Donald Trump went on a full-blown tirade, a, a full attack on the Arizona election systems and made all kinds of claims of voter fraud, incorrect claims of voter fraud, of course. Got people whipped into a blood frenzy, and lo and behold... During the Q&A section at this Arizona elections thing that was held, like this board meeting or whatever, people lost their minds. So I wanted to listen to some of the crazier, more unhinged things that people spouted off at this election meeting, basically. But before we do, let me show you how we got here. Listen to what Kerry Lake had to say about the election, among some other things. This is late November 2022. Check out what she had to say about it. I had one report, Steve, where they rolled somebody in in a bed to vote, an elderly person who wanted to vote. Okay, is that a bad thing? This is called high voter turnout. Fantastic, right? They roll them in in a bed so that they can vote. That's our civic duty. That's our system working, right? When that person got up to vote, uh, they watched as their ballot went in and out, in and out, never got counted. This is uh, this is absolute outrageousness on behalf of Maricopa County. What? Okay, so somebody tries to vote and they couldn't vote because the ballot wasn't going in? or What is she talking about? I don't understand. If somebody was at the place and wanted to vote and they had the ballot... They, what, what was the hang-up? I don't, I don't get what she's saying here. This makes no sense at all. But you know what? It doesn't have to make sense because people view her as the elections expert. She knows how all of this works, and she's claiming that there's fraud, so there must be, right? I don't know how it's coincidental. I can't even imagine. I mean, don't insul insult my intelligence by acting like this was just, oops, we screwed up. Don't insult her intelligence. I'm sorry. It's hard not to at this point. 
Late November 2022, she went out there and continued her tirade against the election systems in Arizona. This is deeply destructive to democracy. Although for what it's worth, she's not going to be governor. So it is kind of entertaining in its own way to watch her flail around like a fish out of water and fail miserably over and over again. It's not good that she's saying and doing these things, but there isn't much of a risk that she's going to actually take office. So we can get a little bit of entertainment out of it at least, right? And they're dragging their feet. They don't want to give us the information, so we're asking the courts to force them to give us information. This is not our main case. When our main case drops, they will hear it. Trust me, they will hear it. And they better think really hard before uh, Ducey and Hobbs sign their John Hancock to that certification. So Ducey and Hobbs, I think, are like the Secretary of State and the current governor. I'm not really sure. Anyways... They're the ones that have to sign off on election results, basically. So what she just said was, they better be careful and think long and hard, that's what she said, about signing their John Hancock to these election results, thus implying that this will be their death warrant. That's what she is saying when she says John Hancock, because John Hancock's signature was famously humongous intentionally big and easy to read as a basically an fu to the british government or whatever when they were about to go toward the english government when they were about to go to war with them john hancock signed was it the declaration of independence i think it was yeah it was the declaration of independence he signed and he wanted to make sure his name was clear and legible on that paper because he knew it was basically his, his death warrant that he was signing. That is the implication behind what Carrie Lake just said. They better think long and hard, that's what she said, before they sign their John Hancock to this document. I.e., if you sign this and say our election is complete and Katie Hobbs takes the governorship in Arizona in 2022... This will be your death warrant. How is this? I mean, this is this is what a dog whistle is. Most people don't hear anything. They don't think anything of it. They just move on with their lives. Oh, that's a common phrase for a signature, a John Hancock. Put your John Hancock right here when you're signing a check or something. But in this context, and when it's being spoken to this set of people, this certain subset of the population understands fully what she's talking about. That is how a dog whistle works. That is how propaganda works. And, and in my opinion, something like that, it should be taken as the threat that it is with all legal implications that go along with it, if there are any. They better think long and hard about That's what, she said. what they know about what happened in this election. Because when we drop our lawsuit, they will hear it. We have whistleblowers coming forward and at least one smoking gun in it. Hey, fantastic. Turn them over. That's all we need. We just need to see what you've got. Would you be surprised to find that up to this point, she has turned over absolutely zero evidence of wrongdoing in the Arizona election? And the courts have received zero evidence from her about this. Not a single court in Arizona or elsewhere has heard a case determining that Carrie Lake was right. There was fraud sufficient to turn over the Arizona election. Weird, right? She said she had a smoking gun a second ago. 
Well, language like this obviously gets people whipped into a blood frenzy. That is the purpose of this type of language, this John Hancock language and whatnot, all of this other stuff. So at this election meeting where these people are like holding this, you know, this event, these are the like election supervisors that are holding this thing, this Q&A period where people can go up there, ask questions or make comments or whatever, and then leave. Well, a bunch of people came from out of state, interestingly enough, people that don't even live in Arizona show up to this Q&A period to tell these election supervisors how they feel bizarrely it, it got really weird so let's listen to a couple again these people don't even live here what are they doing at this meeting they're completely unaffected by the results check this one out late november 2022 is when this happened listen to what this woman had to say I, i'm questioning why is nobody talking about us over the media I, i'm nobody like i'm just like because it's complete nonsense mother trying to save my family because my kids were taken from me when they were little because I fought for the medical freedom because I, I don't go there, okay? But I want to tell you this, guys. Um, okay. Your kids aren't just taken from you. I'm not sure what she's talking about right now. They won't just take kids. I mean, if you're in a vaccine mandate school system, like West Virginia, for example, you have to, you're mandated to have all of your vaccines or certain specific vaccines before you go to school. Now, if you don't want to get those vaccines, you have an out. There is an option. You can homeschool your kid, for example. That's, that's a choice. And then they don't have to be vaccinated. Where along the way did this woman mess up? What did she do that got her kids taken? There is something more than just, I don't want them vaccinated. There is something more to the story. What was it, I wonder? Um, I feel this like a joke, but please, Arizona, I love Arizona. I love all of you. I love you, Stephen. I Again, a lot of these people that came up here don't even live in Arizona. They're from out of state. They're like Trumpist nutcases that follow him around to rallies, and they showed up to this. Same exact thing with people from Trump rallies, you know, from all over the country, showing up to school board meetings and threatening the board members and going absolutely nuts over the most ridiculous stuff. It's all like MAGA extremist nutcases that are doing this stuff. I voted for you, okay? This is not about hate, uh, love and hate. You know what? Love is to say no to wrongdoing. You know, and and okay, I, I guess, but there was no wrongdoing here. The election was completely above board. That's the weird thing. Why are we listening to these nutter butters say this nutter buttery? It's so bizarre. It gets even more bizarre if you can believe it. Late November 2022, that's when all of these are from. Listen to what this woman had to say at the stand. I came here today to get an up-close and personal look at the seven traitors to the United States Constitution. Okay, again, We're please. sitting at that desk. They did absolutely nothing wrong. They ran the election as they were supposed to. This woman has very obviously bought into conspiracy theories about the election, and it's deeply sad. And my mom had a dress exactly like that when I was like eight years old. You were set to receive a subpoena this morning at 9.30. How would she know that, first of all? Second, what was the subpoena for? 
And how did she know that they were set to receive one at 9.30 specifically? This makes no sense. If you're subpoenaed, to my knowledge, you are served that piece of paper by a process server who will track you down whenever they possibly can at any time or whatever. What did you do? You called your meeting for 8 a.m. What are you hiding? Okay, that makes no sense at all. Can't the process server just, like, bring them the subpoena at 9 still? I don't understand what she's getting at here. I will not repeat your election crimes. No, please do. That would be absolutely useful. Please repeat them for us. I will just say, not certifying the machines constitutes a form of interference. And in case no one... Not certifying the machines? I don't even understand what she means by that. Not certifying the machines? In case no one has enlightened you people, interference in an election in the United States of America, Mr. Gates, is a capital offense. It's considered treason. Okay, that does not sound right. I don't think that's true, but okay. Punishable by the death penalty. So it's obvious why you, Hobbs, and Deep State Ducey are desperate to keep your cronies in office. The voting booth is supposed to be time is a up. time for a peaceful revolution. Those who make your, your peaceful revolution impossible make violent revolution necessary. Your, your time is up. That's disturbing stuff right there. Seriously. That's disturbing stuff. She's basically saying she's prepared to literally engage in terrorist actions to get rid of these people. I can't even believe they're sitting here in front of these people without security. Well, I, you know, I guess there's a little cop over here in the corner, this tiny little fella right here with the little itty-bitty badge on his chest. So there's that. But what is this woman doing over here? Shaking her hands like she just don't care? What is this? absolutely bizarre every one of these people god it's weird if you think that one's weird it gets even weirder that one is not even the weirdest one listen to this one justice you high and mighty politicians don't even know the meaning of the word fairness which of you has any left not one all your dealings are crooked. You give justice in exchange for bribes. These men are born sinners, lying from their earliest words. They are... Okay, now think about what she's saying here and the way that she's phrasing it. She has done something that televangelists have been doing for a while. She's mastered something that televangelists have been trying to master. And that is sounding like the Bible. Joseph Smith, the founder of Mormonism, he mastered this skill too. When he wrote the Book of Mormon, he mastered this type of language. He mastered the ability to say something that sounds like it's right out of the Bible. Only the interesting thing is the like 1700s version of the Bible, that that translation of the Bible sounded very different than the modern day translation of the Bible. So Joseph Smith, when he translated the Book of Mormon, supposedly translated, quote unquote, when he translated the Book of Mormon, he made it sound like his edition 
of the like I don't know 1700s King James version of the Bible. So it sounds absolutely nothing like the modern day Bible. But she has mastered the skill of making her speech sound just like the modern day Bible, just like televangelists have done. So she's basically trying to lay a prophecy out for us. She's implying, if not outright saying, that what she's laying down here for us is a prophecy from God. So let's listen to this prophecy from God, this supposed prophecy about the election system or the election supervisors or whatever. Their earliest words, they are poisonous, deadly snakes, cobras that close their ears to the most expert of charmers. Do snakes have ears? I've never seen a snake ear before. I would love to see one. Oh, God, break off their fangs. Tear out the teeth of these young lions, Lord. Let them disappear like water into thirsty ground. Make their weapons useless in their hands. See, this sounds exactly like something you'd read out of the book of, I don't know, the Song of Solomon or Proverbs or something like that. She has mastered the art of saying things that sounds like it's coming straight from the Bible when it's not. It's useless in their hands. Let them be as snails that dissolve into slime. And as those who die at birth, who never see the sun, God will sweep away both old and young. He will destroy them more quickly than wicked men, more quickly than a crook cooking pot can feel the blazing fire of thorns beneath it. The godly shall rejoice in the triumph of the right. They shall walk in the blood-stained fields of slaughtered wicked men. Did you catch that? They shall, the godly shall walk in the blood-stained fields of wicked men? What, is that what she said? The blood-stained fields of slaughtered wicked men. She's talking about the people standing before her. Seriously, this is a death cult. It is deeply disturbing to hear people talk like this. Honestly, is there anything knocking around in that noggin? Is, is it just empty space between those two ears? I don't understand. This is just bizarre and creepy and weird. And somebody's telling me that snakes do not, in fact, have ears. So this couldn't possibly be biblical. Or this is something that God would know, right? That, that snakes don't have ears? I'm just saying. Did she just make this up right off the top of her head? Of course she did. Then at last, everyone will know that good is rewarded and that there is a God who judges justly here on earth. Thank you. Dude, just creep city over here. My God. And, and look at this guy. Listen to what he had to say. Slave. That's what I am to this system. Oh, and look, there's a woman doing jazz hands in the background. Why is she doing jazz hands back there? What does that mean? Slave. That's what I am to this system, to your corruption. This is outrageous. You know what's truly disgusting? When somebody very obviously doesn't understand what the meaning of the word slave is, starts misusing it and claiming to be one themselves. That is truly disgusting. He has no idea what slavery is like, what it looks like, what, how it affects people or who it affects. 
and it's deeply disgusting for him to claim to be a slave to any system at all. Grotesque, maybe, the word. This system, to your corruption, this is outrageous. This is a national crisis, and you're giving people two minutes to address a national crisis. And the way that you guys can just sit there, it's disgusting watching you pledge allegiance to my flag. Actually, it's America's flag. Was disgusting the way that you sold us out. You said you don't have the statutory authority to do anything. You're going to take a yes, no vote. What does that tell us? They don't have the statutory authority because there's nothing to do. The election was not stolen. It wasn't fraudulent. There wasn't a mass fraud on a level big enough to flip votes. I'm sure out of hundreds of thousands or even millions of people, some jagoff probably went to the ballot box and also mailed a ballot in. And that has been caught. I mean, there were multiple examples of Trump supporters doing that exact thing. You know why? Because Trump told them to do that exact thing. 600,000 people could vote by absentee in this state. Yeah, are, you, are you confident in that system? Well, they'll go out and they'll vote and they're going to have to go and check their vote by going to the poll and voting that way because uh, if it, if it uh, tabulates, then they won't be able to do that. He told people to vote twice and they did. They most definitely did, and they were caught doing so. But would you be surprised to find that there was not a systemic effort or even any systemic event taking place of Democrats going out and voting multiple times to put their candidate into office in any state, in any county, in any district in the United States in 2020, 2016, 2018, or 2022? None of them. But go on. Keep calling yourself a slave. Keep listening to what he has to say here. You're going to take a yes, no vote. What does that tell us? Yes or no. If it's just yes, then why are you here? Why are you here then? You have discretion. And when you certify something, you're saying that it's trustworthy. There's nothing trustworthy about this. This is theater. It's optics. I was a longtime prosecutor. I went after drug traffickers. This is vote. Tra is that true? He was a prosecutor that went after uh, drug traffickers, did he say? Uh, something tells me that he's completely full of it. I, first of all, I have no idea who this guy is. And second, I would think that if he was a, a prosecutor for some period in his life, he would have enough money in retirement funds to get a haircut. But I don't know. That's just me. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe prosecuting drug crimes doesn't pay very much. This is vote trafficking at its finest. I've seen the criminal element. You are vote traffickers. What is a vote trafficker? I don't understand. What does that even mean? What would that look like? You move drugs over the border if you're a drug trafficker and you move votes over the border if you're a vote trafficker? What? This makes absolutely no sense whatsoever. I just don't understand. You are a vote trafficker. Criminal. What are you going to do about it? You've sold us out. You've sold us out. You've sold us out. So we're not here to be civil. You're worried about language? We're not here to be civil. That should tell you all you need to know. They're not here to be civil. And again, probably for the third time, these people are not all from Arizona. 
Many of these people traveled from other areas to speak at these events. You know why? Trumpists, the MAGA movement, the extremists like this are organized. They know when these events are taking place. They know where they're taking place. They know where to go. They know who to talk to. They know what to say when they get up there to the lectern. They've done this a billion times at school board meetings and other places. This is an organized effort, an organized campaign. And they are not here to be civil. Disturbing stuff. Language? We're worried about our voices being stolen and never getting a fair election again. That's what we're worried about. Well, you shouldn't be worried about that. It was a fair election before, and it's a fair election this time. Aside from Republicans getting in there and trying to throw a wrench into the works, there was a Trump supporter who was famously a poll watcher last election, and then this this previous one, he actually got into a position where he, he was capable of copying data voter data over and did so he copied voter data over to look for anomalies quote unquote i have a video about it not doing it this time i may do another story on it next time we'll see but anyway the point is maga people are doing everything they can to throw a wrench into the works and give their guys an edge everything that they can and scream about being persecuted when they don't get to give their guy an edge is being stolen and never getting a fair election again. That's what we're worried about. So a curse. Look, people in the background doing jazz hands again. Why? You got me. So a curse upon you, a curse upon all of you, you smug, smug people. What, you got a, you got a, another chicken for him and he's burned down, Mr. Hickman? Did you catch what he just said? You got another chicken farm that needs to be burned down? Is that a threat from this guy it most definitely sounded like one he's looking at one of the election supervisors and in a veiled way threatening to burn down his farm it sounded like people what you got a you got a another chicken farm and he's burned down mr hickman am i bothering you because this will by openly threatening people, you're bothering me a little bit. This election Please. bothered me. And you're doing nothing about it. I don't care about that stupid buzzer. This is sickening. You have the power as the chairperson to enlarge the time limits and actually hear your constituents instead of putting a muzzle on them. Thank you. Right your time you. is up. I mean, maybe they would if he was saying something valuable and not threatening the people standing in front of him. This is so disturbing, dude. How did people get to this point that they're willing to sit here and do jazz hands for 20 minutes straight? I don't understand. <laughs> I don't know, man. This is just crazy. These people are unhinged. Let me know what you think about it in the comments. Next, we're going to talk about white nationalists and Kanye West's real political interests, other than anti-Semitism. Give us 30 seconds, and we'll be right back. You're listening to the Telltale Channel. If you like what I do and you want to see me continue to do it, check out my Patreon. You can also check out my Telltale Unfiltered channel, Twitter, and Teespring. All links can be found in the description.
seriously, I've, I've really studied a lot of history. Plus, I had family that was there. And so, I mean, I, I don't think Hitler was a good guy. I get the uh, the Hugo Boss uniforms, amazing. Uh, but, I mean, just because you're in love with the design, you're a designer, can we just kind of say, like, you like the, the you like the uniforms, but that's about no, it. No, we, we, no, I, there, there's a lot of things that I love about Hitler. A lot of things. Hey, uh, Neden, what did you think about doesn't get much more on the nose than that. Now, if you haven't heard about this, this is Kanye West coming out and saying that he loves Hitler, that he is an, an open, avowed Nazi. His words, not mine. But I was wondering what other views the guy has, because just about all he ever talks about is Jews. That's it. That's all he ever mentions. What other things does he believe in? How does he feel about other stuff? So I decided to go to some of the other players in the market that Kanye has found himself in. As you can see, he went on Alex Jones to talk about how much he loves Hitler, and he brought his boy Nick Fuentes with him. Now, Nick Fuentes is also an avowed, open Nazi and white supremacist. He believes that black people are genetically inferior to white people. Kind of interesting that he's hanging out with Kanye, but okay, you do you, I suppose. Here's somebody else in the Kanye slash Nick Fuentes market, a fella named Vincent James. And we are the Christian Taliban, and we will not stop until The Handmaid's Tale is a reality. And even worse than that, to be honest. He was a founding member of the America First party, political party or political action committee or whatever, which is co-run or whatever by Nick Fuentes. I think Nick Fuentes actually started AFPAC, but Vincent James has been involved in it for a long time. He's spoken at their events and all that. And he's friends with Nick Fuentes. So he's a good gauge to figure out what else Kanye believes. Because Kanye pretty much believes exactly what all of these other people believe. All of these other white supremacists and neo-Nazis. Oh, and also he apparently has the exact same microphone as me. That's weird. Okay, so let's listen to just one example of what Vincent James, avowed white supremacist and Nazi, believes. This is from late June 2022. By the by, before we actually do listen to this, this came out immediately after Roe v. Wade was erased by the Supreme Court. We are the Christian Taliban. This is, this is the era of Christian nationalism. Christian nationalism is on the rise and people are thirsty for it. They are hungry for this. Christian nationalism. He thinks people want Christian nationalism. Well, some certainly do. But trust me, believe me when I say this, if you're a Christian, you don't want to live in the world that he has in mind. It's not just a Christian nationalist state that he wants because he's not just a Christian nationalist. He's also a white nationalist, a white supremacist, and a Nazi. You most definitely don't want that. You don't want what he has in mind unless you are also all of those things, in which case, why are you even watching my channel? And we are the Christian Taliban, and we will not stop until The Handmaid's Tale is a reality. And even worse than that, to be honest. Yes, we do have to start rolling back. The, there was this article from The Atlantic where it's like, well, Alito is on a mission to roll back the rights of, of women, to roll back the past hundred years of rights that were given to women. Yes. Yes, that is, that is what we're doing. 
It is, yeah. I don't see how anybody could possibly see it any differently. It's most definitely what you know the the far right is trying to do, and Alito is definitely on the far right. Uh, Alito, by the by, is a Supreme Court justice who has a vested interest in destroying all of our most sacred rights, privacy rights, you know, right to bodily autonomy through abortion, women's rights, all kinds of stuff. They even quoted a judge that was famous for upholding burning people at the stake or some crazy thing like that. His buddy Clarence Thomas, the other another Supreme Court justice, even said he wants to revisit gay marriage and you know, well, he said he wanted to revisit the Supreme Court decision that established gay marriage. Interestingly enough, that also established interracial marriage. The reason that's funny is because Clarence Thomas is in an interracial marriage, but that's neither here nor there. The point is that these people most definitely do want to do all this stuff. Believe them when they come out and tell you what their plans are. You know, Kanye comes out, says, I am a Nazi. I love Hitler. Believe him. Believe him. That's what he's saying. We should be believing him if that's what he's saying. They say that Vincent James, one of the founders of AFPAC, you know, this conference that had Marjorie Taylor Greene speak at it, this guy is saying we want to roll back women's rights. We want to erase voting rights for women. Believe them when they say it. Believe them. And uh, it's only going to get worse for you from here. So that was from June. That was from right after Roe v. Wade was erased by the Supreme Court. But he's had some more recent things to say since this movement got air. Because Nick Fuentes and Kanye went to speak with Trump at Mar-a-Lago at, at Trump's resort or whatever. This movement's got oxygen now. That's why we're talking about it, because it has oxygen. So let's see what other things they have in mind. Late November 2022. Listen to what else Vincent James has had to say. It all started with, uh, you know, allowing women to wear pants <laughs> and not and not wearing long skirts. And you can see the, the, the change in the way that they dress. A lot of that started with the women's liberation movement. And so a lot of people say, yeah, OK, so he says you can see the change in the way they dress. Yeah, of course, you can see the way that their dress changes throughout the years. Is, is that a bad thing? Why does he want to force women to wear dresses? I don't understand. Why aren't women allowed to wear pants? These people are not for freedom. They're not for freedom of speech. They're not for freedom of bodily autonomy. They're not for freedom, period. They are for control. Authoritarian, fascistic, top-down, hierarchical control. You know, I talked about this in another video recently. There's this thing called the F-scale. It's a personality test created after World War II by a guy named Theodore Adorno. It was a test to determine if somebody is likely to fall for what Hitler wanted. These are the personality qualities that Nazis were likely to have. Conventionalism, a conformity to the traditional societal norms and values of the middle class. Authoritarian submission, a passive notion toward adhering to conventional norms and values. Superstition, strict adherence to religion and ethics. Exaggerated concern with sexual goings-on. You know, being obsessed with how women dress, for example. Being obsessed with the LGBT community and what they're up to. Being obsessed with power and toughness, you know, alpha male, that type of thing. This is the, these are the personality flaws 
that the Nazis or Nazi followers had. Does any of this sound familiar to anybody? Pushing and condemning individuals who don't adhere to conventional values. Sound familiar? Hey, hey, you know, it's, it's second wave feminism. That's the issue. It's third wave feminism. That's the issue. No, it's not. It's all feminism from the very beginning of the suffragettes all the way up until now. It's all of that. This is all the root cause of those things that I mentioned. A lot of people don't like to hear it, but it's completely the truth. And men know it. Men know it, even if they don't want to admit it or not. All right. So let's... um. Men know that all the source of the world's problems are women get to vote. That's the source of the problems? Hell, I guess I'm just not a man then. Weird. I thought I was. This guy's telling me I'm not. So let's... um. That's why we have to go back. That's why we have to go back 100 years. That's why we have to go back. That's why we do, in fact, have to start taking away rights. Jesus Christ, dude. What does this donation say? He got a donation, some anonymous donation during his stream. What you just said was anti-Semitic. I am reporting you to Cozy.tv and the ADL. We know this because... FOIA requests have uncovered that Gloria Steinem was a CIA asset and she's a Jew. Okay, obviously, very tongue-in-cheek there. He is, an, you know, very anti-Semitic, naturally. This guy has always been anti-Semitic. He is part of Kanye's belief system. They are effectively one in the same. You know, a few minutes ago, I talked about the fact that these people don't believe in free speech, never have never will it's never been about free speech it's never been about people's rights never been about freedom period they don't want people to have freedom they want to control people always have since day one here's richard spencer famed nazi i believe he's been canceled now talking about free speech as a matter of fact listen to what he had to say about this this is the founder of the alt-right movement of the neo-nazi movement in America, or one of the founding members, or, or one of the more famous people who pushed it forward. I think this is from, yeah, this is from 2018, uh, late May 2018. Um, but yeah, it, it's, uh, I, I would put our lot with the government as opposed to Silicon Valley. And, you know, as, as many of these senators pointed out, uh, Facebook has, you know, a the, the equivalent of China is using their service on a daily basis and a few multiples of that will use it on a monthly basis i guess i might use it on a monthly basis i i simply don't use facebook and if i log in once a month that's a lot uh, but as far as government regulation i mean yes i think in the short term we would favor government regulation of speech but long term uh, are we even pro-free speech? No, of course not. But we have to use this platform in order. So we're being radically honest here. And, yes, yeah. radically pragmatic. Yes. Yeah. Uh, one interesting angle on this was that, uh, so uh, this is a news article, uh, Facebook bans German historian for saying Islam is not part of Germany. They were never in favor of rights. They never were and they never will be in favor of rights. When I say they, I'm talking about Kanye West, 
Vincent James, anybody from the America First movement like Nick Fuentes or even Richard Spencer, like the guy that we just talked to, they're not in favor of free speech. They're not in favor of bodily autonomy. They're not in favor of privacy rights. They're not in favor of anything. They don't want anybody to have these rights. They want a full-blown dictatorship. And if you don't believe me on that, stick around. I'll prove it. Listen to this one. Late November 2022. Here's another example of Vincent James laying out the foundation of Kanye West's belief system, ultimately. Of his, Nick Fuentes, Richard Spencer, and Kanye West's belief system. We have, in fact, infiltrated the mainstream flank of the GOP. Just look at what Tucker Carlson is talking about lately. These things just sort of happen on their own. Now, of course, if we had a platform, if we were able to speak freely, if we were allowed on YouTube still and allowed on these platforms still, then these things would have happened a lot quicker. But you can see which way the wind is blowing. The way that Tucker Carlson is talking right now is because... The wind is blowing that direction. The way that Charlie Kirk is talking on Twitter, the way that the way that Matt Walsh is talking on Twitter is because they see which way the wind is blowing. Now, whether they're authentic or not in their views, I would argue that some of them certainly aren't, um, and they just see which way the wind is blowing. There are some that are, and this is what the conver- Tucker Carlson is talking about the 1965 Hart Seller Immigration and Nationality Act and talking about what Ted Kennedy promised during this act and saying that it completely transformed the nation, and talking about demographic change. Like, this is something, these are things that you never thought you would see on Fox News. You have people taking over school boards, and you have, uh, what is it, one-third of the people that got elected into the House of Representatives were all, like, election, uh, they denied the results of the 2020 election. Um, People taking over school boards and talking about the degeneracy that is being pushed in schools. We have the nation, parts of the nation, talking about secession. Talking about banning gay marriage and banning contraceptives. And we have, in fact, our beliefs have, in fact, infiltrated the mainstream flank of GOP politics. Because people are beginning to see... That our views, our worldview, our beliefs are the inevitable conclusion, or need to be, rather, the inevitable conclusion. When he says that, he means anti-Semitism and white supremacy. That's what he is. He is a neo-Nazi white supremacist. It basically, he's, he's like a Nazi. I think he even claims that position for himself. Like I said, Kanye did. Nick Fuentes claims that. I mean, they're not usually that on the nose and open about it because they realize that they will be canceled to complete shit if they come out and say that they're neo-Nazis like that, usually. That's kind of what happened with Richard Spencer. So they beat around the bush, they dog whistle, and they refer to you know the cabal or the elites or the deep state rather than calling it who they believe it is, the Jews. Kanye just came out and said it's the Jews. But that's that's who he's talking about. That is exactly the situation that we find ourselves in now. He believes that the mainstream of Republican politics have adopted these anti-Semitic talking points, these anti-Jewish neo-Nazi talking points. Now, I, I feel like he's probably kind of trying to fluff his audience a little bit. I don't think that it's as bad as he's making it out to be. 
after Kanye came out and said all that stuff, he was heavily denounced by a lot of people, like on the right, not just on the left. Vincent James is correct in, in the fact that many people on the right have either stayed completely silent or, you know, come out in favor of what Kanye was saying, but a, another good portion of them have come out against it. There seems to be like some kind of an internal war in the Republican Party right now over anti-Semitism. But you know what? I, I, I cannot give people a pass if they stay quiet on this. I'm sorry. I simply cannot. I'm talking like right-wingers who just don't want to get involved in this, like right-wing political people like Steven Crowder or Tim Pool or whoever else. Now, those two people that I just named specifically, they have spoken up about this. They have given their opinion on it. And they kind of came out against Kanye for the most part a little bit or whatever. So I'm not referring to them specifically here. But if you're a political commentator and you don't come out and explicitly denounce Kanye, you're an accomplice. This is the Nobel Peace Prize speech given by a guy named Ellie Wiesel, I believe is his name. He is a Holocaust survivor. He was at Auschwitz, and he survived at the work camp. Lost his father there, but he survived. And he gave a speech after accepting a Nobel Peace Prize. And in the speech, he says, and I quote, I have tried to keep memory alive. I tried to fight those who would forget. Because if we forget, we are guilty. We are accomplices. Like, if you're a shoe salesman at like adidas if you work at like an adidas store or something i don't expect you to go around every customer and scream in their face i don't like kanye anymore because he's a nazi but if this is your field if this is the type of thing you do for work if you're a political commentator and you're on the right and you don't come out and openly denounce nazism and what kanye had to say if you are silent you're complicit and you're an accomplice this guy is beyond an accomplice. He's a perpetrator. He fully agrees with what happened during World War II on the German side. So, yeah, that doesn't even really fully apply to him because he's, he's just got absolutely monstrous views. Now, earlier I said I was going to prove to you that they want a dictatorship, remember? That, that's a pretty tall claim, it seems to me. Listen to what he has to say here, mid-November 2022. As far as forcing people to believe what we believe, yes. I completely agree. When Nick says in that clip that was posted by right Nick Fuentes, who's who he's referring to, Kanye West's friend. Wing watch that we need basically a dictatorship. Yes, I agree. Yes, ban the gay flag in schools. Yes, ban teaching of gender ideology or gender identity or gender expression in schools. Who is teaching any of this stuff in schools anyways? Yes, ban the gay-straight alliance and other groups just like them from operating in schools. Yes, ban LGBTQ plus pro-pedophile groups from op operating in schools. Okay, no, most definitely ban pro-groups, but those aren't even in schools anyways. Those are probably banned anyways. Being LGBT does not make you a groomer, despite their best efforts to conflate the two things. It's just more bigotry and more hatred and more propaganda intended to destroy a group of people for no goddamn fucking reason other than you hate them. That's it. Completely do away with the entire curriculum that is in place 
within red state schools and create a brand new curriculum. Create a curriculum that is pro-God. Fuck what they say about the separation of church and state. You shouldn't give a shit about that because that's something that they got control of back in the 1960s. There were two Supreme Court rulings on that. By the way, both of them were uh, Jewish Americans who brought these cases to the Supreme Court. Uh, That was something that was done back then. Fuck what they say. Fuck their rules. They say, fuck your rules. How about we start to say, no, fuck your rules. Well, the problem is that the Constitution very specifically outlines what you are allowed to do. And this guy is saying he wants to do away with the Constitution. The, The system of governance that we have set up right now is one of democracy where people vote for the leader. He doesn't want that. He wants to scrap it. He wants to erase what we've got going on right now and install a dictator and ban free speech, ban, uh, you know, in the form of like banning LGBT flags, ban people's free choices of bodily autonomy, ban this, ban that. And while you're at it, blame the Jews for all of your problems. Did you catch that one thing right in the middle there where he said, Jews were to blame for separation of church and state going through in the 60s or whatever other thing. Blame everybody else for your own problems. That is the Nazi way, which is exactly what he is. So that should give you a pretty clear idea of Kanye West and what he believes, his other beliefs tangential to his hatred of Jews. And trust me when I say you don't want to live in the worlds that Kanye West has in mind for all of us. He wants blasphemy laws, of all things. I don't have a clip of that, but that's something that he talked about in his interview with Alex Jones, or Ali Alexander, his friend, Ali Alexander, talked about blasphemy laws. He wants to send women back 100 years. He wants a full-blown dictatorship. That is what Kanye West wants. That is who the guy is. And I, to the bottom of my heart, really do hope that Kanye has completely destroyed his reputation permanently. I hope he has no way of regaining a position of stature. Because the guy currently seems obsessed with becoming president before the day he dies. I hope I never live to see that time. Because it will very likely be another World War II situation if that happens. After hearing Kanye openly praise Hitler like that. I love about Hitler a lot of things. Hey, uh, Neden. And hearing his friends and political allies talk about all the things that he said, I cannot imagine it would be pretty if this dude ever got into office. So let's make sure we never let that happen by getting out there and voting. Crawl over broken glass to vote if that's what it takes. Because that is the only thing standing between us and another authoritarian dictatorship. No joke. Let me know what you think about it in the comments. Scott Weber, Owen, look up the original America First movement in, movement in 1941. Charles Lindbergh was the leader and he praised Hitler. I didn't realize Charles, Charles Lindbergh was the leader, but you're absolutely right. The original America First movement, let me explain how that worked. The original 
America First movement was started in 1941, or was at the height of its prominence, at least, in 1941. And the goal behind the movement was to give support to the Nazis during World War II, basically. And the way that they did that, they knew that was going to be a little too on the nose. They knew it was going to be hard to garner support from the general public for such a polarizing, grotesque, evil figure as Hitler. So instead of coming out and saying, hey, Hitler's fantastic. Why doesn't everybody love Hitler like us? If you love Hitler, join this party. Instead of saying that, they said, we should be isolationist. We shouldn't get involved. This is how a dog whistle works. Another example of a dog whistle. If you don't want to be involved in World War II, if you think we should mind our own business, join AFPAC. Join the America First movement. That was the original America First movement in 1941. The founder, as Scott Weber, my super chatter says, praised Hitler, just like the leaders of the AFPAC movement today, America First today. Kanye, Nick Fuentes... Vincent James and others. They are neo-Nazis. Oh, oh, I'm sorry. And you know who else? Marjorie Taylor Greene. She spoke at an AFPAC event, America First. Just blows me away, man. Just blows me away that anybody doesn't see straight through this, doesn't see it for exactly what it is. Emily Sigmund, as common as sexism is today, most men don't think women shouldn't be able to vote most men are totally fine with women wearing pants. Vincent is completely deluded if he thinks most men think like him. Oh, yeah, I agree. Most men are, you know, are fully aware that women should be allowed to vote. But a lot of people believe that everybody is a hero of their own story. Everybody. Even the most disgusting, evil person alive. Hitler believed that he was the hero of his own story. He thought that he was doing the right thing. He blamed Jews for every one of society's ills and believed that if he got rid of them, the world would be better. He, he would be cleaning it up. He'd be fixing it. Things would be a better place to live if they were gone. That's what he believed. Everybody's a hero of their own stories. Vincent James believes that his viewpoints are objectively, provably correct that there's a cabal of Jews that run the world, they control the banks, the media, the everything, and if we can just prevent them and women and you know African Americans and everybody else from voting, just white land-owning men, things will be a lot better. He thinks the downfall of society started when women earned the right to vote, and, well, basically he thinks it was when Anybody was allowed to vote that wasn't a white landowning male. That's pretty much his, his viewpoint. And he's convinced that he has facts to back him to back him up on that. It's just bizarre. Next, we're going to talk about how Trump became a messiah. Give us 30 seconds and we'll be right back. You're listening to the Telltale Channel. If you like what I do and you want to see me continue to do it, check out my Patreon. You can also check out my Telltale Unfiltered channel, Twitter, and Teespring. All links can be found in the description. Trump carries the prophetic seal of the calling of God. Donald Trump is the Messiah of America.
This is Shane Vaughn, pastor Shane Vaughn, pastor of a megachurch, fawning over his messiah, Donald Trump. How did we get here? I hear you asking. Let's talk about it. There is a real contingent of megachurch pastors out there, televangelists um, and evangelicals more generally, who have turned Donald Trump into a full-blown messiah figure for their movement. It's not it, he is effectively the second coming of Jesus for these people. And I want to understand how we got to this point. To understand how we got here, we're going to have to talk about an old televangelist named Kim Clement. Okay? This is from April 4th, 2007. This is generally speaking the quote-unquote supposed prophecy that these televangelists use as the foundation for the claim that Donald Trump was prophesied by God to be the Messiah or the second coming or even that he would be the leader in the White House or whatever. So let's listen to Kim Clement quote-unquote prophesy that Donald Trump was going to become the president. For context, Donald Trump has been talking about running for president for like I don't, forever for like a decade before he actually ran so around this time trump had already mentioned that he wanted to run there were people out there claiming that trump was going to run in 2012 2008 and he never mustered up the courage until 2016 when he finally did run so it's not super surprising that we have people all the way back in 2007 claiming Trump is going to win an election, but let's give it a listen, see what the prophecy had to say. Trump shall become a trumpet. I will raise up the Trump to become a trumpet and Bill Gates to open up the gate of a financial realm for the church. Says okay, so think about what he just said here. He gave us two supposed prophecies. The first one, Trump will become a trumpet. I don't know what that means, that he's going to get really good at singing, that he's going to be really good at communicating with people. None of those things seem to be true. This does not say that Trump is going to be the president of the United States. Remember, this is the prophecy, supposed prophecy, that they use as the premise to believe that Trump is basically the second coming of Jesus. And the second half of this supposed prophecy, Bill Gates is going to open up the gate of a financial realm for the church? Well, that certainly never happened. I have no idea what he even means by that. Dude, this is traditionally what televangelists and psychics do. It's a, an old cold reading technique. They ignore the misses and focus in on the hits, also known as the Texas sharpshooter fallacy. Says the Lord, I will not forget 9-11. God said, I will not forget 9-11, okay? I will not forget what took place that day. And I will not forget the gatekeeper that watched over New York. Okay, if he's implying that Donald Trump was a gatekeeper that watched over New York, he is delusional. Uh, but we knew that about this guy, honestly. So there's that. Donald Trump did not watch over New York. You know what Donald Trump was doing at the time after the World Trade Centers fell? I'll insert this clip later. I have to be very careful about how I air this because it could give me a hate speech strike. 
I think just based on, I don't know what's in it or something about the towers and the video footage of it. I don't know exactly what it is about it. So I'll have to play around with it. But Donald Trump called into CNN on 9-11 or maybe 9-12. I don't remember which. It'll be in the clip. And told them he was standing there watching the towers burn, thinking to himself, I now have the tallest building in lower Manhattan. Donald, uh, you have one of the landmark buildings down in the financial district, 40 Wall Street. Uh, did you have any damage or did you know what, what's happened down there? Well, it was an amazing phone call I made. 40 Wall Street actually was the second tallest building in downtown Manhattan. And, and it was actually before the World Trade Center was the tallest. And then when they built the World Trade Center, it became known as the second tallest, and now it's the tallest. And I just spoke to my people, and they said it's the most unbelievable sight. That's what was running through Donald Trump's head after the towers fell. So Trump as a gatekeeper watching over New York? No. No to all of that. Who will once again stand and watch over this nation. Be a praying president. Okay, so that one, that last one, could be interpreted as him implying that Trump is going to run for president. But again, Trump was talking about running for president, like long before he actually ran. There were all kinds of people pushing him to, trying to egg him on, like, it, you know, his friends and advisors and, and all that other garbage, trying to get him to run for president for years leading up to that. So this is not surprising to me at all that he would, you know, imply such a thing. This isn't a prophecy. It's a guess. If it's something that can be guessed, it's not a prophecy. And if it has some things in it that are wrong, it's not a prophecy either. Even if you got that guess correct, if it has wrong things in it, it wasn't a prophecy. What was all this about Bill Gates a minute ago? That was wrong. Again, you know, this is what, 15, 20 years old almost, but we have to talk about it. Because people are using this as the premise to believe that Trump is the second coming of Jesus. No joke. That's why we're talking about it right now. Be a praying president, not a religious one. But I will fool the people, says the Lord. I will fool the people. Yes, I will. God says, the one that is chosen shall go in and they shall say he has hot blood. Okay, uh, up to this point, we knew that Trump was talking about running, so he starts describing Trump in his prophecies for the president or whatever. There will be a praying president, not a religious one. He knew Trump wasn't that religious. He doesn't talk about his religious beliefs that often. In fact, he even says things that are kind of scumbaggy and very non-religious, you know, like grabbing people by the whatever insulting people constantly trump was not a religious person by any stretch of the imagination leading up to the election so the dude's just describing donald trump because he believed he was going to run and you know what if trump doesn't run if nothing happens if nothing comes of this it's just going to be buried and forgotten about anyways in fact that's exactly what happened it was buried and forgotten about for 10 years before Donald Trump actually ran. Nobody said a word that it wasn't fulfilled. He could have gone another 30, 40, 50 years without it being fulfilled, and it wouldn't have mattered because people would have forgotten about it. The only reason I know about this in the first place is because televangelists parade this out as though it's like some big victory, like, they're, like they really are prophets of God. 
For the Spirit of God says, yes, he may have hot blood, but he will bring the walls of protection on this country in a greater way. And the economy of this country shall change rapidly, says the Lord of hosts. So this is all pretty standard language that's used to describe anything. It's not even that, you know, unique. But these televangelists read the word walls of protection and assume that, you know, what he was talking about was like building a wall on the, you know, U.S.-Mexico border, which was Donald Trump's big thing. That was his big campaign promise that he never fulfilled. But once again, it's just one more little detail that they read into it there it's just like cold reading one more detail that affirms to them that this guy really was prophesying something special about donald trump 10 years before it happened it this is how these little tricks work you know it's all cold reading psychic nonsense it's all in the same wheelhouse the same strategies and it blows me away that people don't see straight through it listen to this next section here Listen to the word of the Lord. God says, I will put at your helm for two terms. A president that will pray, but he will not be a praying president when he starts. I will put him in office and then I will baptize him with the Holy Spirit and my power, says the Lord of hosts. Again, Trump wasn't a religious person in 2007 at all. And he knew that Trump was likely to run at some point. He was talking about it. And if he didn't run, who cares? This will be buried and forgotten about in, you know, six months anyways. Well, Trump did just so happen to run for president. And he needed the evangelical vote. So he bought right into it. He talked to these televangelist preachers and signed up with them and did everything he could to get them to support him. Because he needed that support to win the presidency in the first place. See how this works? It's all nonsense beginning to end, but it's nonsense that these poor suckers buy into. So a few years pass, right, after Donald Trump leaves the White House. This is mid-November 2022, and Shane Vaughn, the guy we listened to at the very beginning of this, has bought in fully. He believes that Donald Trump is a messiah. He believes that he is effectively the second coming of Jesus. And he is deeply, deeply miffed that people disagree with him or that people would even consider voting for Ron DeSantis. Listen to what he has to say here, mid-November 2022. God will raise up a man with a message. In this case, Donald Trump with the MAGA message. He created the message. He personified the message. He codified the message. He promoted the message and he made the message successful. Again, he's kind of referring to Kim Clement's like supposed prophecy, what we listened to a minute ago. There's more to Kim Clement's prophecies that he's kind of shouting out to, if you will. But we didn't listen to all that. Uh, just keep listening to what he says here. And now all of these unloyal dishonorable people, including Ron DeSantis, have come behind the messenger trying to steal the message and take his glory. It will never work. You listen to me. It will never work. If you want the blessing of God on your life, get behind the man that God has blessed. The man that they cannot bring down, no matter how hard they try. The fact that Trump is so liked in the Republican Party 
is like one of the premises that this guy works off of to assume that Trump is the new messiah. It just blows me away. Have you not seen the touch of God on his life, beloved friend? How dare you go crawl in the bed with his opponents? God, why is he always driving when he's delivering these weird, creepy messages? Stay faithful to whom God has stayed faithful to. Just look at where the anointing is and get behind it. Just look at what the, where the authority is and get behind it. Look where the power is and get behind it. You can hear it in his voice. These other politicians sound good, but there's something about Trump's voice. When you hear that voice of authority, you know you have heard from the anointed man of God. From the anointed man of God. Again, he believes him to be a messiah. Check out what else Shane Vaughn had to say about our democracy or our system of governance, if you will. This one is from early September 2021. Do you know God's favorite job? Please tell me. Is a gardener. Adam Wait, if Jesus is God, I, you know, I'm not even convinced this guy believes that Jesus is God. I don't think he really fully believes in the Trinity because how could he if he believed that Trump is a messiah? I don't know. But anyways, assuming the Trinity were real, which it's not, but you know. I mean, from an objective perspective, it was added to the Bible later on after the fact. Jesus didn't believe himself to be God. Uh, but that's the story for a different day. Assuming the Trinity is real, wouldn't God's favorite job be carpentry? Isn't that what Jesus did? Adam was a gardener. You are being called to the Garden of America to pull out the weeds of liberalism, to pull out the disease of democracy, and to restore the walls of the republic, and to rebuild the hedges of holiness, and to place within this nation the hedgerows of the law of God, the rule of law, and the rule of this great republic. Did he say that democracy is a disease? It sounded like that's what he said. This guy has deep, deep problems, dude. This is what this is your brain on religion mixing with politics. You guys remember that old commercial? This is your brain on drugs and all that. Well, drugs didn't do it to this guy. It was religion mixing with politics. This is what happens, kids. Stay away. Stay away at all costs. So let's talk about Shane Vaughn's absolute unhealthy obsession with Donald Trump and his belief that he is the new messiah. Late April 2022, he comes out here to describe his undying loyalty for Donald Trump. This is about a God that appointed a man. And you see, I've got enough Italian in me to know what loyalty means. Do you have to be Italian to understand loyalty? Here's the way it works for me. I love loyalty. Loyalty is a forgotten quality. Donald Trump, you fought for my family. My family will fight for you. How did Donald Trump fight for Shane Vaughn's family or anybody's family for that matter? He didn't even fight for his own family. He put them into all kinds of risky situations. The FBI came and went through Melania's clothes and dug through 
Barron's, you know, Donald Trump's son, Barron's bedroom to search for documents, top secret documents that Donald Trump stole. That was Donald Trump's fault. How does this guy like where is this guy's head that he believes that Trump cares about anybody but himself? He doesn't even care about his own wife and kids over himself. You went in that White House and you made our life better. You made our economy better. You made our churches better. You allowed us the freedom to. How did he do any of that stuff? Trump didn't do any of that. He didn't make anybody's life better, anybody's churches or economy or anything at all better. It's completely made up. Oh, oh, yeah. And before you hear this next part, bear in mind, Shane Vaughn is an anti-vaxxer, a hard anti-vaxxer. You allowed us the freedom to choose a vaccine if we wanted one or not. That's an interesting way of framing it coming from an anti-vaxxer. You fought for our freedom, and I'm not about to start second-guessing your choices and what you do. If you make a mistake, it'll be on you, sir. But I will be loyal. I'm not a Tino. I'm not a Valentino. Okay, I don't know. I guess that means Trumpist in name only, kind of like Republican in name only, like you're you're not really a Republican or you're not really a Trump lover. I don't know. But what's a Valentino? That's weird. I am a Trump supporter. Why? Remember, this is like two years after the dude left office, basically. Or what? Maybe a year and a half. That's that's a problem, dude. Seriously, that this guy's got deep issues. Because God chose the man, and I've got sense enough to know it, recognize it. I know where the blessing is. Let me tell you something. When you find a blessed man, when you find a blessed ministry. Remember, when he says this, he believes that he's a Messiah. He's not just blessed. He's a Messiah. You better plant your feet under that blessing, and it will fall down on top of you. That's just so deeply disturbing, dude. Everything about that is wrong. You know, he's not the only one that believes this stuff, though. He just seems to be the most prominent, loudest proponent of Trump the Messiah at the, this immediate moment. Johnny Enlow is another one that believes this. Kat Kerr, Robin Bullock, hell, Kenneth Copeland believes it. Hank Kuneman believes it. All of these people believe this stuff, dude. All these televangelists. Uh, Lance Walna appears to... Uh, Gene Bailey. I mean, these are televangelists that I'm talking about with mega churches, tens of thousands, hundreds of thousands, millions of churchgoers or at least listeners on TV. It, it, this is a huge movement. It's not just a, a little tiny radical fringe. It's a real serious group of people who believe that Trump is the Messiah as a direct result of a lot of that stuff about Kim Clement that we talked about at the beginning. That is the foundation that they used to determine that Trump is a messiah. And from there, it just goes right off the rails. They're picking out anomalies everywhere. They're finding all these little things that add up to be... It's like a conspiracy mindset, you know? They pick out all these weird little nuances or all these weird little niche happenings or all of these weird little anomalies and put them all together and draw a line from one to the other to the other to the other until they have a, a coherent picture that they can look at of Donald Trump as a messiah. That is how they're doing all of this. It, it just blows me away 
that there's really a serious movement out there of people who bu- who buy this stuff. Listen to this one, mid-August 2022. Doesn't get much more on the nose than this one. What is the prophetic seal that Yahweh placed upon Donald Trump and upon his, his true people? It is supernatural prosperity and blessings that's the prophetic seal the ring of god when he touches your life there will be unparalleled blessings that will come into your life that you- okay so he's describing donald trump as having unparalleled supernatural blessings and the evidence of i.e he's a messiah and the evidence is that his life is perfect that he's like untouchable or whatever. Well, I mean, he did steal top secret documents from the government. He did foment an insurrection against the U.S. government and is now being investigated for those things. He did lose his next election for what that's worth. And his life is kind of falling apart right now because of all of the messed up stuff he did. House Democrats were just granted access to his tax returns. I don't think he likes that very much. So he's not untouchable. He's most definitely touchable. But whatever you got to tell yourself to convince yourself that he is the Messiah, I suppose. That you didn't ask for, you didn't create, you're just anointed for that season. And the evidence of it is on the prosperity of the nation and the people. Donald Trump carries the prophetic seal of the calling of God. He is Joseph. No, that's pretty significant, and we'll get to why in just a second. But did you notice what he said? The evidence that Trump is the Messiah is the supernatural prosperity of the country and of Donald Trump. Isn't this the same guy that's constantly screaming about how the country is going down the sh- How, I don't know, there are trans people that exist, so the country doesn't deserve to... to blah, 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 blah. Isn't this the same guy that says all that stuff? I don't understand. How can he in one breath say the country is going down the drain and in the very next breath say the country is prospering and that is evidence that Trump is a messiah? I just I don't get it. But here's where it starts to get pretty on the nose. Listen to this. If you are anointed by Yahweh for a specific plan and purpose, you are a messiah. Yeah, wants you to mull that around the old cashew for a second so he gets real quiet and serious and rubs his nose. Yeshua was the Messiah of mankind. Yeshua means Jesus in Hebrew. Well, Jesus is what we call Yeshua. Yeshua was Jesus' original name in the Bible because J's didn't exist in Hebrew. It did, they didn't exist until like the 1400s. mankind but donald trump is the messiah of america that's absolutely unhinged stuff dude so there you go there is a real contingent of televangelists out there that believe that donald trump is the messiah the second coming and it gets even more complicated than i've laid out here if you really want to dig into it you can find this whole line of belief from Shane Vaughn and others that the real Jews actually came up through the Caucasus Mountains and sailed over to America 
as the founding fathers. The founding fathers are the real Jews, and the Jews that claim to be Jews today are actually imposters. This is an old anti-Semitic trope. Uh, <laughs> just about every anti-Semitic group out there has some weird belief where they're the real Jews and the current Jews are imposters. Anyways, they so Shane Vaughn believes the founding fathers were the actual real Jews, and they made a covenant with Yahweh, between America and Yahweh. When they came here, they dedicated America to Yahweh. And Donald Trump is the son of man, the second coming of Jesus, and he's going to be the cosmic judge that determines who lives or dies in the end of, of days. No joke, that's what they believe. Dead serious. If you want to hear more about this belief system, there's this book called Donald Trump, the Son of Man, the Christ by Helgard Muller. I'm reading it right now on my Telltale Reads YouTube channel. It will knock your socks off, no joke. Give it a, give it a look if you want to. Uh, you can jump in at any point. Any, any single chapter that sounds interesting to you, you can jump in. I add context from previous chapters if it's missing or whatever. So yeah, give it a look if that sounds up your alley. But uh, are these people ever going to come back to reality? What's going to happen when Trump inevitably dies? Dude's already close to 80 if he's not already 80, right? What's going to happen when he, you know, dies of old age, kicks the bucket? Are there going to be, like, future resurrection claims about Trump? I don't know. But I am absolutely fascinated to find out how Shane Vaughn, of all people, and Johnny Enlow and Kenneth Copeland and all the others are going to react to something like that. Let me know what you think in the comments. Please ask Trump not to show his glory. That's a deep lore. That's funny. Yeah, the writer of that book, Donald Trump, the Messiah, the Christ, or whatever, believes that the word glory in the Bible is a euphemism for God's really weird belief. But okay. And he picked out some hilarious verses that, that sound really, really funny when if you're reading them in that context and assuming that's true. It's pretty good, dude. You got to see it, dude. You just have to see it. Telltale Reads. You have to read that book. Donald Trump, the son of man, the Christ. It is so funny. Thank you guys for coming and giving this a listen, and I will talk to you next week. If you like what I do and you want to see me continue to do it, you can support me in a few ways. First, there's Patreon. That's probably the best way. But if you want to get something back for your support, you can check out my Teespring. I sell all kinds of shirts and coffee cups and stuff on there. You can also check out my other channels. I have a Telltale Unfiltered YouTube channel where I go through long-form videos like Kent Hovind's seminar series, Jehovah's Witnesses' TV show, and televangelists prophesying about politics. And finally, you can check out my social media. If you have a question for me, the best way to ask it is to tweet it at me. I'm on there all the time so check it out all links are in the description as always anyways that's all i've got for you thanks for listening